and singing, whatever. If you're a child, you you look at all these. Wow. If you have your your Bibles, while they're, you can open them to First Peter, chapter five. I'd like to do that. First Peter chapter five. I just want to say, as as I'm up here, uh, we are going to miss uh, Pastor Bloom, uh, Justin Bloom, and his wife Amber. It's been an honor to serve with y'all here. They're very patient folks. You say, well, why do you know they're patient? Because they had to serve with me here. And I was a pastor, uh, Justin all the time asked him about being in the military and about guns, and, and he'd answer all my questions very patiently. And, and Amber was patient with me because I don't know if you ever noticed her accent. She's from Alabama. And I would ask her things that like, did you have a mule growing up? <laughs> and she'd always just smile at me and say, no, I didn't have a mule growing up. And so things like that. So we're going to miss them, and it's really been an honor to serve with them. Uh, you ever been to a house that had a fence, and on the fence it said, beware the dog? You ever saw that before? Yeah, that's always a good sign. My wife and I, when we would go visiting, uh, if we saw that sign, I would say, well, let's go ahead and go in the gate. If the dog comes out, you hold him off, and I'll run for help. <laughs> and that was our little joke for many years. But a lot of times we're grateful that that sign is there. Beware. You know, watch out. Be cautious. And a lot of times it would, should be grateful that someone would put the sign up like that, right? It'd be like the sign that says, bridge is out. Or there's a sign of flashing things that there's a tree across the road or rocks in the road. Uh, electric wires are down. That's always a good one to know. Beware of those things. And, and a lot of times we're, we're grateful. A lot of times we have a place we have to go. And it's good to know that along that way, there's, we better be careful because there's a danger there. And uh, we are, and by the way, if you know Christ, you, you're on your way somewhere. We're on the way to heaven. If you put your faith in Christ to save you, we're on a journey to heaven. Now, the, what you do on that journey doesn't get you to heaven. When you put your faith in Christ and trust him as your only hope for heaven, he gives you eternal life. And you're on your way to heaven. But, you know, sometimes there's things that as believers we need to beware of. In fact, in the Bible, we're going to look just at a few tonight where it says, beware. Beware, watch out for some things, which I find very interesting. There, there's some people, there's people in the Christian realm that says, well, if you get saved, uh, everything's going to be okay. It's going to be roses and, you know, blossoms and woo, it's going to, we're going to have a, it's just, everything's going to go good. If that is true, why would Jesus put in the Bible, beware? That means there's potential danger for us. In our journey, as we go through life, heading toward heaven. And we're going to talk about just a few tonight. We don't have an exhaustive list. Uh, but I think I find that very interesting. Um, Jesus wants us to watch out. Now, the question is, will we listen? Let me ask you a question. You ever been down a road 
and he saw that sign that had a deer jumping on it. What does that mean? Deer crossing. I always like someone, sometimes they put a red dot on its nose. You ever seen somebody do that to the deer crossing sign? Let me, I don't, I don't, you don't need to yell out or raise your hand, but I know for me, I see that, oh, it's a deer crossing, but I'm not any more alert. I just keep driving, listen to the radio, don't, don't start looking around. We, we don't, that is, that's not there because a deer crosses once every 50 years. That means there's quite a number of times a deer might bolt out or might be standing on the road or whatever it might be. And we ought to be a little more cautious. And the sad thing is many times as Christians, even though in the Bible over and over, God tells us to beware, we're, we, we just kind of, oh, I've heard that before. And we just keep right on going, not knowing that the bridge ahead of us is out, not seeing that there's a tree across the road, not seeing that the power line is down in our life. And it is an important thing. It really is an important matter. Um, let's have a word of prayer. And then we're going to tell you why it's important. And then we're going to tell you some things that God says to beware of as believers. So let's bow and ask the Lord's blessing. Father, please help me tonight as I try to share this and uh, be concise and, uh, and be helpful. But Father, we just ask that you would just uh, grip our heart, the Spirit of God would grip our heart and realize there's some things that we need to watch out for in our Christian life. And uh, Father, help us not... Uh, be indifferent to it because we've heard it so many times, Father, that if you're warning us about it, it's real and it can happen to us. So, Father, uh, help us tonight uh, consider these things and apply them to our life. And we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. First Peter 5.8, are you there? This is an important matter when God says, beware of certain things. And here in 1 Peter 5, verse 8, it says, a verse, again, you're familiar with, but it says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. The word sober there has this idea. It has the idea of a calm, uh, being uh, collected in your spirit, uh, being circumspect. In other words, you're, you're checking out the surroundings. You're, you're alert to what's going on. You're alert to what is happening in your world. Then it tells us to be vigilant. Vigilant means to give strict attention to or to be cautious. You know, you think about it. If you saw a sign that the bridge was out, would you be cautious? Yes. You would, you, you would slow down. You would stop. In the old days, you'd be really mad because you didn't know where to go. But nowadays, you just take your phone and find another route. How many do that with their phone? I still can't do directions with the phone. I write it on a piece of paper. I look it up on my phone ahead of time. I don't want the phone talking to me. I just want to look for the signs. But we're, we need to be sober and vigilant. Why? It says in this verse, be sober, be, be circumspect, and be... Uh, very cautious because we have an adversary. And that's, that's Satan. That's the devil. He is an adversary, and he doesn't have your best in mind. Let me tell you one thing Satan wants to do. He wants to discourage you spiritually. Do you, do you realize that? Defeat you spiritually. Maybe, you know, give up on the Bible. Give up on coming to church. Give up on trying to win others to Christ. Your adversary wants to discourage you spiritually. 
Secondly, he wants to destroy you physically. Do you understand that? Satan doesn't like you. He, he doesn't. I, we, I had went to the hospital once with a member of our church. Somebody worked with him, and he, he claimed he was demon-possessed. And uh, it, it, was, uh, it was very unusual. <laughs> it was... Uh, I didn't, I didn't go close to his bed. I stayed on the other, you know, kind of the far side of the room talking to this guy. And he, he made all kinds of claims how Satan helped him, how he, how he helped him. And I, I'm not going to everything he said. And so we said, well, you know, if he helped you, why are you in here? You know, because of the, the, whatever he was doing in his life, which was inspired by Satan, uh, he, he had physical problems. Satan, he was completely deceived, by the way. And, of course, I'm not sure if he was demon-possessed or not. Uh, we tried to talk to him. We tried to witness to him. Uh, it, you know, we tried for a while, and then we, we just had to go. Uh, but Satan didn't help him physically, and he won't help you physically either. You know, Satan will try to convince you and deceive you into doing things that are harmful to you physically. Do you understand that? He'll try to get you to... Drink. He'll try to get you to take drugs. Try to get you to, to smoke or whatever. Uh, things that will hurt your body. And he'll, he'll do it uh, when we become unaware of what the Bible has to say about those things. Do, do you understand what I'm saying? We need to be beware. He wants to wreck your life. That's why we need to be... How many want to wreck life? I, not, not, you know... I've, we want to be fair here. Maybe that's what you want in your life, that your life to be destroyed, that your family to be destroyed. Uh, you have, it's just a miserable life. How many want that? Go ahead and raise your hand now. Uh, nobody wants that. And yet, if we're not beware of what Satan tries to do to get us to that point, we're, we're, we're heading for the, the bridge that's broken down. We need to be beware. Not, not scared, but beware. Uh, he wants to ruin your testimony. You know, there's a verse, we were just teaching in Bible class, uh, Matthew 5, 9, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Now, that's not talking about they are children of God because they did good things. They're called the children of God, they did good things, so they had a good testimony. In other words, hey, that person's, that person must, you know, they, they're right with God. They're, they, they, they want to please God, and people can see that in their life. They must be a Christian. Now, uh, Satan doesn't want you to have a good testimony. And so he's our adversary. He wants to wreck our lives. He wants to harm us physically. He wants to discourage us spiritually. He wants to, to do a number on you. We have an adversary. So that's why this matter is serious. Second reason it's serious is because deception is an active matter. It's an act of matter. Well, let me say one more thing, too, about uh, this adversary. He will never give up. You might, uh, the devil flees from us sometime when we, we do certain things, but he's always going to come back. He's always going to destroy you, try to destroy you. I would say to Pastor Peterson, he's going to retire soon. Uh, Pastor, when you retire, there's, retire, there's still going to be bridges uh, that are broken. There's still going to be power lines down. Same thing, uh, Justin and Amber. When you go up there, it's going to, there's still going to be things that we need to be aware of in our life. He's never going to give up. 
And it's, it's, it's so important because deception is always there. What is the biggest way we're deceived? Who, who can tell me? What do you think? What is the biggest thing that I think deceives so many believers? I'm going to give you a hint. Not me, not me personally to you. Uh, I would, like, I'm including myself. So that, that means who is, who is it? It's ourselves. You know, we can convince ourselves of just about anything. And we'll deceive ourselves. You remember James? And, you know, you look in the mirror and you see you're dirty and, and you, I am dirty. And then you leave the mirror and you forget all about it. Be doers of the word and not hearers only. What's that, Russ? Deceiving your own selves. So since it's easy to deceive ourselves, we need to watch out for that. We're prone to being deceived. And the world system itself is full of and ripe with deceiving influences, isn't it? Let me, let me, let me suggest one. The TV. You think, has the TV ever tricked you about something? i tell you what, it's never tricked anybody in here about anything. It's the Internet. You can always count on what the Internet says. It's always going to give you the right scoop. Maybe your phone. But I think you understand what I'm saying. The world is full of deceiving influences. And again, our adversary, the devil, he's the liar and the father of it. And he is very slick in what he does. And we can be deceived, either deceive ourselves or allow something else to deceive us. So we need to beware. Another reason this is important, and it's good, it keeps us fit for service. In the book of Timothy, it talks about the be a clean vessel, meet or fit for the master's use. And we want to have a good testimony. We want to try to do the things that are right and get into the Bible and try to do what the Bible says. Because God wants to use us. But when we kind of drive through life, so to speak, and we're not beware of what might be coming up, and we, are, we become deceived, um, we're not as fit for God to use. He, he wants a clean vessel. And we could say a lot more about that, but we're going to move on. The last reason it's, it's an important matter is this. It demonstrates God's love for us. Now, God wants us to choose to do what's right. You know, if he just made us do what's right, he, he wouldn't need to see, beware of anything, right? So we have to say, have the good sense to go, hey, uh, God's warning me about something, and he's doing that because he wants the best for me. He doesn't want me to be hurt. He wants to use me. He does. And so uh, God loves us. You know, if you had a, a child and, you know, the old thing about, you know, you see the stove is hot with red, don't stick your hand on it. If you run up to the road, don't, don't run out into the road. You, you teach them to what? To beware, to look out, to make sure there's no cars coming or whatever it is. And we do that. And that, God does that for us in his word. And he tells us several things to beware of. And we're just going to quickly here look at a few of them. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 7. So it is an important matter. God tells us, be alert, watch out. Uh, you have an adversary that wants to ruin you and wreck you. And, and watch out because deception is, is that's the way of the world. And we can deceive ourselves so easily. God wants to use us. And so we, he wants a clean vessel. So Matthew chapter 7, we're going to look at the first thing that God tells us to beware of. 
to beware of. Um, Matthew 7, and look at verse 15. It says, Beware of false prophets, which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. Now this has an emphasis on a person. And the person that we're supposed to be aware of is the false prophet. Now, there, there's something important about that. If you look at the verse, it says, they come to you in sheep's clothing, but they're like a wolf. Uh, you, ever, you ever watch cartoons? There was one of the cartoons that had uh, uh, the coyote who was re- really dumb, and he, he tried to get the sheep, and the sheepdog would always catch him, and so he put the sheep's skin over the top of him and pretend he was a sheep so he could get in and eat the sheep. And it didn't work. But that's what the false prophets do. And it does work many times on people. Because they don't come and, and with a little... You ever seen those, hello, my name is... Whatever, you've seen those things? Everybody seen those? Sometime, one time somebody invited me to, uh, to something. I said, now, this, I'm not going to say what it is, but... I said, this doesn't have to do with that, does it? Oh, no, it doesn't. So when we get there, guess what? It was exactly what I asked them about. And they gave you a name sticker. The hello, my name is. So I put Bill Fold. That was my name. And, and it proved one thing to me. People, do not, they don't pay a bit of attention. People come up, hey, Bill, it's good to have you. <laughs> and... Uh, and I, I, uh, uh, a couple of them saw it. Oh, Millful. <laughs> well, that's my name. What are you making fun of it? I don't know. But, but a false prophet won't do that. He doesn't put a sign on, I am a false prophet. You know, hang a sign around it. False prophet. He doesn't come with, you know, devil horns on and a pitchfork. I'm going to lead you astray. He comes in sheep's clothing. He appears to be good. Second um, Corinthians 11. Uh, turn it real quickly and uh, hold your finger here because we're going to look at something else here about this in Matthew 7. But you've got to watch out for the false prophet because they are going, First, Second Corinthians 11, they're going to appear to be good. And again, this is a very familiar passage, but it's, it's very important to remind ourselves or that, uh, about that. They are disguised. 2 Corinthians 11, it mentions false apostles here. Same idea, it says, For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. So here's some people, they, they might come out and talk about Jesus. They might talk about the Bible. They're going to seem good and nice. They're not going to come up and kick you in the shins and go, I'm going to lead you astray. They're going to appear to be something that is good. Um, turn, turn back to Matthew 7 now. Uh, they're, they're, it's, they're, it's very deceiving. 
They, they want, and by the way, their goal is, whether they, they even know their own goal, is to destroy you. Remember, to, what does Satan want to do? He wants to hurt you spiritually, discourage you spiritually, hurt you physically, ruin your testimony. In Acts 20, verse 29, Paul talks about grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. Their, their idea is not to help you. It's not to spare you. But they want to destroy you. So back in Matthew 7, it tells us something very interesting. Matthew 7, 15 says, Beware of the false prophets. Watch out for them. And, uh, and then at verse 20, here's how you can identify them. Wherefore, by their fruits, ye shall know them. By their fruits. What? You're not going to know them by their appearance. You might, not, you might not be able to recognize them by just their, their casual conversation with you. Um, they don't identify themselves in any way, but you can know they're a false prophet by their fruits. Now, a lot of people have different ideas what the fruits are talking about, but this is what I believe it's talking about. It's by what they teach, by their doctrine. And so how do you recognize a false prophet? Well, you listen to their words. What are they teaching? Um, you, you can let go. Of, you might want to hold a place in Matthew. You're going to look at another verse in Matthew in a second. But go back to Deuteronomy chapter 13. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy 13. So it's by their words. What do they teach? What do they, what do they, what do they say? By the way, we're, we, are try, we always try to find the best missionaries we can find that are in tune with us. But one of the things we do is we send them a doctrinal statement. You know, it doesn't matter how kind they are or how seemingly maybe they're already on the field and have seemed to be very successful, but what do they believe? And, you know, what do you believe about Jesus? Was he God in the flesh? What do you believe about salvation? And, and, and get detail like that. What is their message? This is interesting. Deuteronomy 13, uh, if you have a study Bible, my study Bible says the test of false prophets. And in verse 1, it says this, If there arise among you a prophet or a dreamer of dreams, and giveth thee a sign or wonder. So, so a wonder. So what they, they're, they're doing is, Hey, here's somebody that says they're of God, and they do something miraculous, even. A sign or wonder. sign is something out of the ordinary. A wonder is, is something, whoa, that, that was amazing. But then look at the next verse. It says, in the sign or wonder come to pass. So, hey, this guy's pretty good. He, he's what he, he, you know, he must be something. But here's what they do. Wherefore he spake unto thee, saying... Let us go after other gods, which thou hast not known, and let us serve them. Thou shalt not hearken unto that, the words of that prophet or that dreamer of dreams, for the Lord your God proveth you to know whether you love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. Ye shall walk after the Lord your God and fear him and keep his commandments and obey his voice, and ye shall serve him and cleave Unto him. So beware of false prophets. They are out there. How many realize that? You can turn on your TV, maybe see some. And we just need to, to not be oblivious to the fact that there are people who are going to seem good, 
but they're not. Now, how in the world are we going to recognize them? By what they teach. How are we going to know if what they teach is okay or not? By the Bible. Do you remember the uh, Berean Christians in Acts chapter 17? It said, these are more noble than those in Thessalonica, and that they receive the word with all readiness of mind. And here's the key, and search the scriptures daily, whether those things were so. That's how you know a false prophet. You compare what they say to what the Bible says. Now look, I understand they could be really sick, and it seems like they are teaching the Bible. You, you really got to dig into it sometimes. But beware of the false prophets. That's like the bridge being washed out. That's like the tree being down. Are, are we going to heed those warnings? They, they are out there, and they're not out there to help you. They're out there to deceive us. And so we need the, the Word of God. Back to Matthew. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm blabbling on here. Matthew chapter 16 this time. Matthew chapter 16. This, point, this is the second thing we're to beware of, and it's very similar to the first one. But the first one emphasized the person. Uh, this emphasizes the message itself. Matthew chapter 16, and look in verse 6. Then Jesus said unto them, Take heed and beware of the, the Pharisees, and of the Sadducees. So he tells them to beware of their leaven. What was their leaven? Well, it was false teaching, false doctrine. Look in verse 11. Jesus says, How is it that you do not understand that I spake it not to you concerning bread, that ye should be beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees? And then again in verse 12. Then understood they how that he bade them not Beware of the leaven of bread, but of the doctrine of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. So God's telling us to beware of false doctrine. The Pharisees and Sadducees, remember what we just said, a false prophet, they look good. Well, man, the Pharisees look really good. They would go out in the street and have trumpets blow, and they would throw offering in. Boy, look at them. Aren't they good? They're throwing offering in. Y'all remember what Jesus said about them, though. They've received their reward. What was their reward? The praise of men. They didn't have it with a right heart. And they threw money in. And then they would pray so everybody would know they were praying. And they would fast and make sure everybody knew they were fast. It says they just figured their face. I never figured what that meant. You know, I'm hungry, you know. I don't know, what, I don't know how they did it. Uh, maybe they, there was some, something the way they dressed. And I'm sorry if I, I don't know how they communicated that. But they did all those things, and they taught a false message many times. They added to the Bible. That was one of the, the, the things that they did that were terrible. They, they took the law, and they added their tradition to the law, things that weren't in the Scripture, and that would be false doctrine. And uh, uh, we need to beware of false doctrine. We need to beware of it. And uh, it could be in a book. Could be on a tape, could it be on a um, you know a sermon tape or whatever it is, There's some literature, a book. I had an idea the other day. Now you you can talk to me later if you think this is a good idea. You know we're all you know we're going to miss Pastor so much when he goes. He's going to be here a good while yet. But you know I said well, you know if what you could do is we could get one of those. Full-size, life-size cardboard cutouts and just set it here 
and then play your old sermon tapes, and you can still, still be pastoring every Sunday. You know, I got the same reaction from pastor when I told him that. But um, how do we detect false doctrine? Second Timothy 3.16. How many know this? Do y'all know it? All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable, what's the first word? For doctrine, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished into all good works. How can we detect false doctrine? Through the Word of God. The God's Word is profitable, it, and the prophet, his idea helps us. So how, how, what, how can we help to avoid false doctrine? Through the Word of God. Through the Word of God and, and, and studying it and listening to it preached and memorizing it and all those, all those things. So beware of false doctrine. Look with me in Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2. Beware. Beware. Beware of the dog. Do you ever see those, while you're turning there, do you ever see those cartoons that used to be called The Far Side? You know what I'm talking about? This is weird. One of my favorite ones was, uh, it was like a scene of a yard with a fence. And there's a mailman walking up to go in the yard. And the sign said, beware of Doug. And you could see a man hiding behind the tree a little bit. I just thought that was funny. I just <laughs> beware of Doug. Are you there? Are you at the Colossians? <laughs> Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2, look in verse 8. Here's something that God tells us, beware of it. God put that there to help us. He wants us to be a clean vessel so he could use us. He doesn't want us to be hurt. He wants to help us. And so he gives us warning. Beware, verse 8, lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit. After the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. Uh, philosophy uh, has an emphasis on knowledge. In fact, that's what philosophy basically means, the love of knowledge. And, and here it says, beware, because a man spoil you for that. The spoil has the idea of capturing you. You know what the spoil when you go to the army? And you conquer somebody and you take all their stuff. You, you capture them. And so uh, philosophy means the love of knowledge. Do, do you realize that a lot of people worship science? They think it's got science. And if you don't believe science, you're a, a big dummy. And it starts making you feel bad. You know, I, you mean I, don't, I have to believe that the world is billions of years old and, and that it's... It's uh, someone who's transgender, that's okay. That's, you know, that's nothing to worry about. And you kind of start hearing that over and over again. And if you don't believe it, they say that you're not too smart. Beware. Hey, look, for me personally, and probably everybody here, there, there may be somebody, there's a lot of people that are a lot smarter than we are, but they're not smarter than God. Amen? They're not smarter than God. And God doesn't call us to be ignorant, yet you can study. 
And as far as science and anything to do with that, there, there's, a lot, there's truth out there that you can uh, find out and go, hey, you know, God knew what he's talking about the whole time. But be careful about uh, philosophy, knowledge. And, and again, God wants us to think. He does want us to think. But what I'm trying to tell you tonight is beware. You know, God has your best interests in mind, not a scientist. Do you understand that? And so we just need to be careful about some of this. Look in 2 Peter chapter 3, real quickly. We're, we're, I think we're doing okay time-wise, but 2 Peter chapter 3, it says a very interesting thing here. 2 Peter chapter 3 and, and verse 17 um, Ye therefore, beloved, seeing ye know these things before, beware, lest ye also, being led away with the error of the wicked, fall from your own steadfastness. Now, steadfastness is not, you're not talking about falling from your salvation. You know you can't fall from your salvation. You, you, your pastors have been teaching about that some. If you're not saved forever, you're not saved at all. Salvation is eternal. That's why it's called everlasting life. Everybody, everybody got, I think I know, see most of y'all know that. It's forever. So it doesn't mean when you fall from steadfastness that you're losing your salvation. Steadfastness there means steadfastness of mind. In other words, the right way of thinking. And philosophy, it might, oh, this sounds so intelligent, it sounds so good. And, and you start kind of getting into that and then you start not thinking right. And so, beware of philosophy, um, for the love of knowledge, and, and realize God does have the answers in his word to any question that we have about where we came from, about how a person ought to live. You find that in the Bible. But we need to move on quickly here. Philippians chapter 3. Two more real quickly, and we'll wrap it up tonight. Y'all been good listeners. Good listeners, Philippians chapter 3. It tells another beware here. In verse 2, it says, beware of dogs. And that's talking about Gentiles and uh, stuff. But it says, uh, beware of evil workers, beware of the concision. And this is, emphasizes here, the beware, watch out, realize that there are people Openly opposed to Christianity. I think everybody understands. Do you understand that? Don't be caught by surprise. I love it when Peter says, don't think it's strange that fiery trials about to try you. There are people openly opposed to what we're doing here tonight, just having a church service. They would hate what we're doing. They would hate God. They would hate the Bible. And, and they, they, if they could, they would try to stop us. And they're, they're still actively working about trying to get God out of anything in the country. There are people opposed to Christianity, so beware of that. Don't, don't be ignorant of that. In this case, that these particular people were Judaizers that said, oh, you've got to trust Christ plus keep the law to be saved. And, and, and uh, Paul here says, watch out. <laughs> watch out for these people. Don't be caught unawares about these people and what they're trying to do. 
Don't be caught by surprise that there will be opposition. That there will be opposition. Beware of that. Because it's very easy to get discouraged if somebody slams a door in your face, isn't it? Or someone calls you stupid. Or they're not interested. Um, Or if there's people that would try to get uh, churches closed or the Bible thrown out. Don't mention God. You know, all kinds of things like that. Don't be caught by surprise. Beware beware that that's going to happen. 2 Timothy 3, quickly, 2 Timothy 3, and then one more passage and we'll be done. 2 Timothy 3, all your T's are together in your New Testament and they're in alphabetical order. 2 Timothy 3, in 2 Timothy 3 and verse 8 it says, Now, as Janus and Jambres withstood Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds reprobate concerning the faith. Janus and Jambres were magicians that worked in Pharaoh's court, and uh, they they did some things to try to match the miracles that uh, Moses was doing, and they they deceived people, and they were opposed to, to right and truth and opposed to Moses. And so, um, in verse 8, it, it talks about him. Then look in verse 11. Persecutions, afflictions, which came unto me at Antioch and Iconium and Lystra, what persecutions I endured, but out of them all the Lord delivered me. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus, what does it say? Shall suffer persecution. God doesn't want you to be ignorant of that. You know, that if you're going to stand for the Lord and do what's right, he says, beware, because there are going to be people who oppose you. Don't allow that to discourage you and stop you. There's been a lot of people that kind of give up on trying to live for Christ because they've been persecuted. Because people talk mean to them. I don't, how many like somebody talk mean to you? I had a vote earlier. I don't want anybody to talk mean to me. I want them to say, hey, you're the best. You're, you're, you're extremely handsome, man. Where did you get those muscles? Uh, just say nice things like that. Isn't that better? Well, I know, you don't, you don't want people lying to you. <laughs> That's maybe, but you, you want people to talk nice to you. And uh, don't think it's strange if you try to hand someone a track and they, they call you a bad name or throw it down, tear it up in your face. Or if you try to talk to somebody in your family about the Lord that's unsaved, and they, I don't want to hear it, and you're not welcome back here. Don't, don't, don't let that discourage you. Beware of that. That is going to happen. And, and so you can be prepared for it. By the way, who can help you with all that? Who's never going to turn his back on you? It's the Lord. Well, Lord, it don't seem like a lot of people like me and what I'm doing, but I'm thankful that you do, <laughs> that you like me. And you don't miss uh, what I'm doing for you. But we need to move on. One more verse, Luke 12, and we'll wrap it up with this verse tonight. Luke 12, something else that we should be uh, uh, aware of. Beware of this. This one's kind of... This one can kind of be rough. Because we really got to be honest with ourselves. And it says... In chapter 12, verse 1, Luke 12, verse 1, it says, In the meantime, 
when they're gathered together, an innumerable multitude of people, insomuch that they trode one upon another, he, talking about Christ, began to say unto his disciples, First of all, beware ye of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is, what does it say? Hypocrisy. Beware of hypocrisy. If that particular thing is be, uh, focusing on our personal actions, do you all understand what hypocrisy, hypocrisy is? It's uh, saying one thing and doing something else. Pretending to be something that we're not. Now, a lot of people, when you talk about hypocrites, you know, that, that's the reason that people won't come to church. You're a bunch of hypocrites down there. And now, probably they're mistaken, but you know what? That's probably right. <laughs> they're hypocrites at the church. Where else are you going to find them? You don't find them down at the bar on Sunday morning, do you? They'll be in the church. Uh, and, of course, you know what to say to them. Well, that's, you know, Christianity's not based on those people. It's based on Christ, and he wasn't a hypocrite. And, uh, and you're right, there's probably hypocrites down there. But you're letting a hypocrite keep you from finding out what God has for you. You're going to miss out because of that. And, and, hey, they're down at the church. You don't want to go to church. Hypocrites, closer to God than you are. <laughs> uh, just to try to wake them up. But you know what's a shame? And all, these, all the churches, you could go anywhere. There are a lot of people who are believers. They're on the way to heaven, and they're, they're, and they're being hypocritical in how they live. They live one way, you know, at church or around the church people, and maybe a different way when they're at work or in their home or at that. And God says, beware of that. That's, that's the Pharisees. They pretended to be something they were not. That's what a hypocrite is. It's basically an actor playing a part. And by the way, you could be a hypocrite in just one little area of your life. You could have every other duck in a row, and there's one thing that you, 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 you know, you're not doing what you ought to do, but you pretend you are. And God says, beware of hypocrisy. That one kind of hurts, doesn't it? You know, that's why we should work hard at... Heeding those warning signs to beware and try to, to watch out for those things that would keep us from doing what we ought to do for the Lord. A vessel meet for the master's use. Now, some person might say they're still hypocrites at the church. Wouldn't it be good if there was a lot less? <laughs> a lot less? And we, we be what we say we are. And be people of our word and do what we say we're going to do. And be consistent and how we act. Beware of hypocrisy. And that really steps on all of our toes, doesn't it? We ought to be consistent. So beware. When you go up to the fence of the house and it says, beware dog, are you just going to smear bacon grease on your leg and open the gate and walk in? No. If there's a bridge that says, bridge out ahead, do you hit the accelerator and go 100 miles an hour and see if I can make it to the other side? No, you wouldn't do that. In the same way, God says, beware of these things, the false prophets and the false doctrine and hypocrisy and all the other things we mentioned tonight. Beware. God put it there to help us. Will we heed the warning? Or will it be like the deer crossing? We see it. Don't slow down one bit. Don't become any more alert. And then maybe something bad happens when the deer runs out. Beware. And, and God put that there. You know why? Because he loves you. By the way, you know, 
anybody here, maybe you're here and you uh, don't know even for sure you're going to heaven. You know how you know God loves you? Maybe you, you, you feel like your lifestyle is terrible. How could God love this person like me? Because he sent his son to die for you. He sent his son to pay the penalty you owe. But, you know, because we're not perfect, and the Bible calls the word we're sinners, we owe a debt to God. And, and, and one of the false doctrines that we need to be aware of if we don't know Christ is, well, if you're just good enough, God will let you into heaven. That's a false doctrine. You could be as good as you, you could try to be. You could be perfect. And you're not perfect because what does the Bible say? For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And there's nothing we could do to try to earn or merit salvation. That's why Christ came to do for us what we couldn't do for ourselves. And that is pay for sin. The wages of sin is, what is it? It's death. It's death. And Jesus paid that debt for us. And he offers to us eternal life. I love the verse, Pastor, used it this morning. John 6, 47, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me hath everlasting life. Jesus is saying, truly, truly, I, I say, he that goes to church and tries their hardest and, uh, and tries to do their best, hath everlasting life, know that he that believeth. If the best you know how, you would put your trust in Christ as your Savior, as the one who paid your debt of sin, God says he'll save you and give you everlasting life. I could not promise you that, but God did. And you can count on what God says. So if you're here and you've never trusted Christ, I encourage you to do it. If, you, if you're here and you never trusted Christ and you have more questions, I'd be glad to talk to you. Pastor Wood or, or somebody else here would love to take a Bible and show you how you can know you have eternal life. If you're here and you do know Christ, I just have one word for you. Beware. There's someone that wants to destroy you. There's someone that wants to ruin your testimony. And we need to beware. So we can be the clean vessel that God can use to do great things for him. Let's bow for a word of prayer. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Thank you for your attention tonight. And um, I hope that was helpful for you. Uh, again, I encourage you. It's so easy to kind of hear things over and over and, and kind of just keep zooming along, not realizing that God put that there for a reason, to, to help us. He put it there because he loved us, that we need to beware of certain things, not be fearful, but just be alert, be sober, and be vigilant. And let me encourage you to do so. The, the greatest tool is God's Word. Keep coming to church. Keep coming to Sunday school. Read your Bible. Memorize verses. And, um, and God can use those things to help you spot the things that may be there that would try to deceive us. Father, we do thank you for each one that came out, and we thank you that for your word and uh, the warnings you give us there. Uh, again, Father, you, you put them there because you do love us. You do care about us. You do want the best for us, and we're so thankful that's true. So, Father, help us, uh, help us beware. Help us uh, cling to your word and compare what's uh, being said, what's being taught to what does the Bible say, and help us uh, be the people you desire for us to be. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.